0: Hey, everybody. On this episode of Book Circle Online, we're going to get up close and personal with author Christine Angela and talk about her new book, Cuppy, the Special Cupcake. Let's do it. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hey everybody, welcome to Book Circle Online. This is a special author spotlight right here. Uh, This is a chance for us to get us up close and personal with the people behind some of the great books that you get a chance to read, whether it be digitally or from your local bookstore, wherever you might find some of your favorite books. I'm your host, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJackie. Now, my guest today, she's not only an author, she's also an actor and a VO artist, a model, but I like to think of her mostly as a snack enthusiast. So uh, she's, she has a variety of series that she's been working on, including Grad Girls, which is in the 2017 New Media Fest. Uh, it's also been nominated for other festivals as well, too. She also has just wrapped up season two over uh, her series, uh, Ask Dr. Julie. And she does a weekly, which I love the most, a uh, snack chat episode, uh, weekly snack episode series called Snack Chat. Which, <laughs> that already, I got a bazillion questions about that. But we're here to talk today about her new book. She is an author, and her new book here is Cuppy, the Special Cupcake. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Christine Manchela.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. You did your research. I did. I did. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I didn't expect all that.
0: Oh, well, I will say, first of all, of course, we're listening to some sweet Backstreet yes. Boys. <laughs> uh, you. Now, you're saying on the Sirius channel, the, the 90s, or that's your jam?
1: It is. What I'm is- getting free Sirius XM right now in my car. It is pretty Pretty bomb.
0: <laughs> now, what is it about? What made you choose that channel? What is it about the '90s? They kind of suck you into like, this is the music I want to jam. The
1: down '90s to. is everything. <laughs> '90s is back. Like Backstreet's back. <laughs> I'm a comedian too. No, I'm not. Not at all.
0: <laughs> what, no, you, you have. I mean, you, what you've been—you did a, a soap opera improv show. You did. Said we played performed over at the Annoyance Theater as well. We get into some of this in wow. just a moment. Yes. You're good. There you go. But before we get off with of anything, you know, I, I feel like there's always this turning point where you feel like, oh, maybe I guess. If you're working Mm -hmm. as an author, you know this. Where you start doing your work, you're like, oh, people are starting to recognize this and they're seeking me out or they're responding to things that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Christine was so kind. (laughs) She brought a bag full of something. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but if you follow her ever on on social media, you know that I love any kind of snack food, most Mm -hmm. supportive. Comfort food's my my, my jam, but she was kind enough to bring something in here. (laughs) So we'll play the hot new segment What's in the Bag? (laughs) What's in the bag? I just made it. we got a great new segment here.
1: Love it. All right.
0: Let's see. What do we have in here? What is going to be? Hot. All right. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, right there. Christine Angela knows the way to my heart right here. We have a a fantastic slice of apple pie. Look at this. All right, Christine. First of all, where was this gotten from?
1: At Republic of Pie, just down the street. Oh, yes,
0: yes. I know that place well. Oh, my word. Uh, You know the way to my heart. I do. I googled you
1: just a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, it's finally (laughs) starting to pay off. Yes. Ah, uh, and look—they give you a nice little apple right there on the top of it. There, no, uh, isn't that cute? I love it. Oh my word! All right, so this. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, well, this has been an episode of I've got, I've got pie to eat. No. Uh, all right, so let's. Uh, enough about the food that I'm yes. going to be eating. Let's talk about you.
1: Can I ask you something really quickly, though?
0: Please, uh, this is your time.
1: Since we both are from Illinois, yes. I have to ask you, deep dish pizza, which is your favorite?
0: You know, I, I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest. This is All right, this is where all of Christine yeah. and I kind of part ways. Uh-oh. So early in the interview, I'm not a huge fan of the deep dish.
1: <gasps> no. i We're getting along so well. I
0: know. All right, well, this, uh. is, this interview is ending on a sour <laughs> note. Oh, no. That's
1: okay. I always feel like it's
0: just too much. Too much. Too much crust. Got it. Uh, I'm more of like the thin crust. Okay. There's I, good
1: thin crust in L.A. There is.
0: <laughs> you know, I will say, and perhaps you had some out there, mm-hmm. my favorite place is Aurelio's.
1: It really is. I don't know, that, know that one. No,
0: they uh, there's like, there's a bunch of them like I kind of like over where I grew up over in Lockport. Mm-hmm. Uh, there used to be one like when we go like in Chicago, I'd go there and it'd be one, but they closed down. So oh, gotcha. But there is like a franchise yeah. out in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, so I will uh, anytime I'm in Vegas, I'll get multiple pizzas to take home and put them in the freezer. Nice. So I can make them last longer.
1: They have a Giordano's out there now, so that's what I take back from <laughs> Vegas. That's uh, my number one. It's my Giordano's go-to. Is-
0: <laughs> All right, this is the terrible thing where I remember eating there uh during school you go on a field trip or whatever and you mm-hmm. eat it uh, and we ate a at Giordano's mm-hmm. and then we get the pizza. I'm like, "Oh, mm, like the sausage was like just like big huge meatballs." I'm like, "Whoa." So Watch. I didn't I didn't I didn't eat them and then the waiter just goes, "Would you like a to go box for your for your meat for your sausage?" Like, "No, no, thank you." I wasn't very good with the, oh, the deep boy. dish. What is it about deep dish that sucks so you in? Good.
1: Uh, it's like cheese and sauce and veggies and more cheese and more sauce and if you like meat I'm a vegetarian but for meat eaters too they uh, like it
0: it does <laughs> it doesn't feel because I feel like it just seems like it's just Two soupy at points.
1: Okay, I get it. I think yeah. for me, it's like a lasagna. So you have okay. to have a fork and a knife to eat it. And if you have really more than one slice, like forget it. You have to have one slice, and that's about it.
0: <laughs> uh, one slice, <laughs> two slices, and you need a nap. Yeah, right there. Pretty much. All right. So you grew up around the Illinois area. I Did yes, I, uh, Berwyn.
1: Yes, uh, Berwyn, South Side. Uh, <laughs> yes.
0: All right. So now, I mean, as we're here talking about your book, yes. has writing always been something that's been a, a passion of yours?
1: It actually really has been. Um, when I was six years old, I wrote my first poem. <laughs> And it was titled "Reading Is My Life" because I literally spent like every second in the library reading everything I could.
0: Oh, uh, so it was uh, kind of
1: Dr. Seuss like style because I was obsessed with Dr. Seuss. I mean, who isn't?
0: <laughs> that that is a great role model. If you to yeah. have a role model, who's better than Dr. Seuss? Exactly. So, uh, w- was it pretty much uh, a variety of different genres that you dive into, or was there some kind of one genre that kind of really? Drew you in?
1: Okay, well, I mean, Doctor Seuss, obviously, I love all of them. Um, I loved like Amelia Bedelia and Berenstein Bears, and oh man, like Magic School Bus. So pretty much all the children's books, and of course, when you got older, like the Babysitters' Clubs and uh, or Babysitter Club, I guess is what it was called, and things like that. Uh-huh. The teen ones. Because
0: <laughs> I, I, feel like it's a. I, I wish I'm not a child today, yeah. but I know you going around touring and reading to different kids. What is the? What do you feel like their their passion for for reading? Is it still as high as it was? when uh, we were younger, or has the allure of having tablets around kind of drawing them away more towards like, hey, we're going to play video games or something like that as opposed to reading.
1: That's a really interesting question that you asked because that's what I thought. I was like, reading's going to be so lame for them. They're not going to want to do it. I was like, because I remember I loved reading as a kid, and then as you got older, you have more like social media, and you have your video games, like you said, your tablets, your computers, everything. And I am shocked at how much these kids love to read. Like, they really, really, really do. Uh. And I met like this little girl when I was in Thailand. She's so cute. She's from London. And she's like, when I get older, I want to be an author too. And she started like writing this book, she said, about a, um, I think it's like a dragon or a monster that every time you try to get to the next page, like they won't let you. And so it's like stopping you from going further in the book. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like the imagination that they have already is just so unbelievable. It's so beautiful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That, that excites me because I remember just growing up, going to the the school library was fantastic. And that Mm -hmm. was just being able to read was the, the coolest thing. I yeah. feel so like it It uh, was just so So it, it was so, it, well I guess now you have the tablet but the book was the, the, like the first like, kind of portable sort of entertainment yeah. that you could have you could oh, just take absolutely. it anywhere and you didn't have to worry you didn't have to worry about having a friend or anything like that you could like as long as I get a book I'm entertained no matter what's going on around me
1: exactly I love that you like to read yes <laughs> that makes <absolutely>. me happy <laughs> so growing up
0: you, you start having a kind of interest mm-hmm. in books and reading and, mm-hmm. uh, and writing yes. uh, when does uh, acting and everything start to come into the picture something you also want to pursue
1: oh wow okay so I'm so weird um, when I was little I had seven imaginary friends because <laughs> wow. I liked being around a lot of people
0: I love it one was not enough for Christine <laughs> was yes. seven
1: so I think I just started Making up things on the spot. And then um, I finally had a friend, and um, we were obsessed with Jim Carrey because of Ace Ventura and just like <laughs> everything Jim Carrey. And we used to fight over who was going to marry him. So we would make up little, you know, songs and dances in her basement, and we would do little plays and just all kinds of weird things. And then um, actually in school, we didn't have a theater department. So they started something called Scribe and Stage. And so we would stay after school and we get to um, write our own plays essentially and like, you know, perform them for like 10 or or 15 kids that we'd be working with, but it was like this is so cool. Like as a little kid, I just loved doing it. And so by the time I got to high school and I was able to actually audition for the plays, I was like, I have to do it. This is like my dream.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> now are you an only child or do you have other siblings?
1: No, I have a brother. Um actually uh he's gonna have a little baby pretty soon in uh, a week. So Oh, you're gonna be an <sighs> ex? Yeah, it'll be my second time. So it's gonna have a girl. This time he okay. had a boy who's gonna be three years old soon, and um Holly's gonna be born, oh, she's supposed to be born September twelfth. So Oh nice. Yeah. So, so I feel like now he's collected
0: the full set. He's good. Yes. He's got one of each. I'm <laughs> exactly. I'm going to retire. All good to go. Yes.
1: And he ha- uh, Jamie is my uh, nephew's name. And so he has a copy of copy is one of the first ones. And my brother sent me a picture and that just melted my heart. So I can't absolutely. wait to actually read with him. <laughs> oh, that has got
0: to be such a cool thing to be able to yeah. see, especially somebody that you really care about being able to read something that you created and yeah. that see that bringing them to the joy. <laughs>
1: yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so
0: when you, I started showing an interest in, in acting in the arts, uh, are your parents, uh, are they like, oh my gosh, yeah, of course, this makes sense. Christine, you've always been like this. Or like, oh, wow, I didn't realize you were going to be doing this kind of career.
1: I was actually surprised that they let me. Because I have friends, they're like, oh, when I went to college and I told my parents I'm having a theater major, they're like, you're not doing that. And my parents were really supportive of it, actually. And they uh, drove me out to uh, Bradley University, which is where I went for my first theater audition to get into the theater department. And the rest is history. So yeah, they were really supportive. I was really surprised. So That's great. <laughs>
0: Now, I know you were mentioning uh, before we started filming this that mm-hmm. you also went up to Northern Illinois, the school I that I did. went to, yes. and you auditioned there as well. <laughs> yes. What's the difference between auditioning there as opposed to auditioning at Bradley
1: oh man I was just terrified <laughs> I don't know why like they're nice people but I think the campus was so big and coming from you know a small Catholic all girls school to such a big university I was just prepared for it at all so when I went to Bradley it's about 6,500 undergrads or so um, so it's a little bit smaller but still big for me so I was like okay I think this is the perfect fit but I love Northern nothing against it I promise oh, sure. I, I mean you know
0: every <laughs> September we have Cornfest over there this you know, is true that's, yeah, it get better than that uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of the audition that you do, mm-hmm. do you change it? Do you do the same audition at both schools? Or did you like do something in Northern and it's like, eh, maybe this is not the right one. And then you kind of fixed it at it That's at a brown great
1: lot. question. I can't remember the answer to it. No worries. All right. But I know I did audition for both. So. We're going to sit here and wait until yeah. Christine remembers
0: exactly what she did. And then uh. she's going to do some of it for us. <laughs> <laughs> As you mentioned, going to an all-girls Catholic school. Yes. Is that more of a distraction or less of a distraction uh, in terms of things that you want to pursue the, 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 the absence of boys?
1: Um, okay, so it's probably a little bit better because I think I was better at my studies not having to be all boy crazy at that age. Um, but it's really great not to have to do your hair and makeup every day, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you save more time, which yep. is really nice. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Overall, like it was just it was a different experience to have gone from going to public schools, you know, having boys in my class, and then going to Catholic school and being all girls, and then going to college, then you know, being boy crazy again and trying to manage a career and you know, two majors, and I used to work in radio too, so in a radio show and everything, and it's a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you graduate school, yes, and you head back up towards Illinois, uh, uh, towards Chicago area afterwards. After
1: college, yeah. Yeah, So I actually started with the uh, Wendy. City Players Tour. It was a Midwest tour. We did Beauty and the Beast, which is awesome. And um, we did it at all the schools in the Midwest, in like Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana. And it was three schools a day, five days a week, which is a lot and awesome at the same time because you meet so many kids. And I think one school we had was just all sixth graders. And it was like 800 sixth graders.
0: That's impressive. (laughs) And especially put on something like Beauty Beauty and the Beast, that's an ambitious production to put together, especially on a traveling show. Uh, how how did you feel about the whole experience?
1: So it was really amazing because. What I realized with kids is, like, there's such an innocence and this, like, wanting to create at this young, beautiful age with them. And then, like, we would sit with them and we'd have uh, lunch with them. We have the little Texas Toast pizzas and the Tater Tots and the milk cartons. And they would be, like, telling me their life stories and all these things. And I was like, stop growing up. You're growing up so fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is this happening, you know? But they, like, they loved, like, the story of Beauty and the Beast. The teachers would cry sometimes. I mean, the kids, we would get them really involved because there's only three actors doing all of the roles, and so then we had the kids be in the rest of it, and they just, oh, it would be so fun, like, there's a part in it where we would, um, because we couldn't do, like, the whole musical, so it was, like, a 45-minute, basically kind of straight play, but there's a part where I would have to, like, call up, like, a little boy to dance in the audience with me, and they'd be so shy, and they didn't want to do it, and I was like, well, if I can't find a prince, how about a princess to dance with me, and so then you'd have, like, one of the little girls would come up and stuff, because, you know, kids are so honest, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they'd ask questions, like, why didn't you kiss the beast at the end or they'd come up on stage or they'd like do little things and you just have to go with it and just improv and they do question and answer sessions with you and you just had to be like on your game with it all the time
0: uh well (laughs) you you mentioned improv you also performed at the annoyance theater i did did you ever study with mcnapier
1: oh no i didn't actually
0: i was i was was, because i never studied at the annoyance theater i know i have friends that have and i always thought it'd be a really cool experience what's it like playing at the annoyance theater
1: I mean, you just have an amazing crowd of people who just, you know, they just love it. (laughs) Like, just to be able to perform for, I mean, like, Chicago, like, theater is just, in general, amazing. And the audience you have there and the actors and everything. I mean, you have some of the most talented people go on to, like, Saturday Night Live, you know, and shows like that. And it's just, that's just an honor and a privilege.
0: Uh, And I never, one thing I always kind of regretted, my dream, I never went to Steppenwolf at all.
1: Oh, yeah. I, that would have been really cool. I did see one play there. Mm-hmm. It was an interactive play. Um, oh, I can't remember it, but the actors were like all around you. And so you're like immersed in the story, but at the same time, it's like you're here with me right now. And like we could essentially be having a conversation, but this whole play is going on around you. And it was just so, so cool. Wow. That I've never seen anything really cool. like that in my life. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, are you also doing a radio show in the Chicagoland area?
1: Um, I did. Uh, um, I used to work, actually, at Oldies 104.3 before it went over to Jack FM. So I uh, had made a really dumb comment, and they thought it was funny, and then they decided to put me on air without telling me. So um, oh, all right. So that was really interesting. And they're like, so how did you feel your first time being on air? And I was like, what? And they start clapping. And I was like, um, I'm just glad I didn't swear. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> so so. How, did they,
0: how, did they, how did you not know that you were, weren't on air?
1: Because they, I was just um, a production like assistant, and okay. so they had me go down to millennium park and like get the story of what was going on because it was first unveiling of it of the uh the cloud gate or the bean or whatever you want to call it and um so they're like laughing with me on the phone and i'm like you know because they told me to take the phone with them and i was like what is going on and as soon as i walked back in the office they're all just clapping and i was like what happened guys and they're like that was your first on-air interview and then from that point i started doing little interviews with people on the street i interviewed bob newhart which was awesome that so, would be
0: yeah. incredible yeah oh my goodness what was it like talking to
1: Oh my goodness. He's a legend. Like they were unveiling his statue. I think it was on Michigan Avenue. So, um, there was all this press around and, you know, I'm like 20 years old and I'm like, you know, Mr. Newhart, like Uh... super nervous, but excited at the same time. And they asked me to ask him at one point, did, uh, Susan, uh, what is her name? Susan Plachette's voice Mm -hmm. get, uh, lower than yours. And at that point, like, I didn't really know what that meant. I was just like, okay, no problem. I'll go ask him. And he was cracking up. And they're like, I can't believe you asked that question. Like, you were so brave. And they were like, really happy with it. So I was like, cool. I guess I did a good job. I guess uh, she'll keep me coming back.
0: I did not realize that he had a statue there in Chicago. Yeah, that's awesome. I know, right? Where is it on Michigan Avenue?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I don't remember. I'm sorry. It. It's two it. things All I don't right. know now. There you go. I'll All look right. those up for you, though. There's the a third, Christine. Yeah. Then that's it. We're, <laughs> we're cutting. Done. It. Get
0: ready with the playoff music, Steve, because this is it. <laughs> yeah. so yeah i always feel like because i i did some stuff out here for a radio station and yeah. then it went to jack fm yeah so, oh
1: same thing that's yes, crazy it's just like
0: damn oh, you jack fm
1: world you know, as
0: we talked about we don't we don't know anybody in jack in real life but we do know a jack
1: oh we were just talking that's about true. that dude jack
0: has both done us wrong gonna, oh, jack. <laughs> that's right that's it so then what uh, what made you decide you know what i'm gonna pack my bags and i'm gonna head west
1: okay so i was a flight attendant for a while. I've feel like I've done it all. It's <laughs> just crazy. And um I knew I can move to LA or move wherever I wanted to and still kind of have a job doing that and I didn't really have a plan um so my boyfriend at the time was still one of my absolute best friends him and I decided hey let's just go out and see what happens and so we went for my birthday and um I wanted to go to Disneyland for my birthday so I did (laughs) and then um he interviewed for like anything he could find basically he's like if I can find you know a job then that's it like we're moving out here and I was like okay fine and I was like okay I have my flight attendant job I kind of have my like security blanket but I have to keep flying back to O'Hare for it and um he couldn't find anything so we're like all right forget this let's go home we go home the next day they call him for a job that ended up by the way lasting two weeks but it didn't matter (laughs) um and he was in a band at the time and so we called up everyone we're like hey um so Jordan's band is performing their last performance tomorrow night and by the way it's also our moving away party to California (laughs) And we packed up our bags and left the next day.
0: Well, how does your family react to that? Like, hey, I'm heading I'm, this I'm, I'm heading to California, but this time I'm for good.
1: Yeah, they knew I'd always do it. They didn't know when, but they were just like. All right, you got to do what you got to do, and we did, and it's been incredible. So I, I feel like that's the
0: kind of family you want to have. They will support you, yeah, uh, on those big choices there, right there. Mm-hmm. And if things go wrong, they're still there to pick you up without any judgment, which is nice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And my mom, you know, I fly her out here now and then, so ah. <laughs> she likes it. Well, there you go. Trying to move her yes. to Santa Barbara when she can retire. She fell in love with Santa Barbara. I'm like, Mom, you got to do it. Just yeah. come out here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you mentioned you were a flight attendant. Yes. Uh, which airlines were you a flight attendant for?
1: I was actually a flight attendant for Republic Airways. So we flew for United and Delta. And actually, at the same time, that's when Continental combined with United. So it kind of flew for all three. <laughs> Oh, wow. Which was really interesting to do.
0: And would you just do domestic flights? Did you do international as well? Yeah,
1: it was domestic and then Canada. So I was in Canada a lot, especially Edmonton, Canada, which is the coldest area ever. <laughs> but um, it has a beautiful mall. It's the biggest mall in America. Or not America, because I said Canada. My bad. That's right. <laughs> See, I'm quirky. I'm weird. Um, It's the biggest mall in the world. So that was pretty cool. So on our off days, we got to, you know, go to Edmonton, Canada and survive the 45 degree negative weather like you sometimes get in Chicago and uh, then fly back to O'Hare the next day.
0: (laughs) I uh, have a friend that's uh, doing that for Delta. And so just Mm -hmm. following him on Facebook or Instagram, you just get to see all these fantastic destinations that he gets to go to. Uh, Did you enjoy that part of being a flight attendant? Be able to go and spend time in a variety of different cities, even if it's just uh, domestically.
1: Oh, for sure! And like, I have friends like in so many different places, so that was my favorite part. And like, I'm obsessed with Colorado, and one of my best friends lives there. So whenever we were in Colorado, we had I think a 22 hour layover, and I was like, "Yes, I'm here. I'm in Colorado. Like, let's go do it." So (laughs) for sure,
0: (laughs) is is a flight attendant like? Is is it a great long term job, or is it Mm -hmm. only great for like? You can do it for a few years, but it can kind of burn you out.
1: Yeah, I think like it definitely is a career option. Um, for me, it was my stepping stone to be in California. And I think that's what I needed because once I was out here and I started auditioning, I realized how hard it was to go back and forth. Um, if I had been based in California, it might be a little different, but being based in Chicago in the winter was a little bit difficult. But I mean, I know people have been doing it their whole lives and they absolutely love it, so.
0: Is it hard to switch where you're based out of?
1: It's really hard, especially if you work with United, because United, um, they really stay there for a very long time. They're flight attendants. So I was on what's called reserve. And so basically, you're on call from 3 a.m. to 3 p.m., like every day. (laughs) And you can get called out up to an hour and a half before, and that's actually when your time starts. So the worst thing I did, it's so bad, but I um, decided that, you know what, I'm just going to stay in L.A. during this reserve, because I haven't gotten called at all. And so like four days, I was doing good on the fifth day of reserve. They called me. And they're like, can you be at O'Hare an hour and a half? And I'm like living in Koreatown at the time. And I was like, um, I'm so sorry. I was like, I was really sick this morning. And I should have called you guys. And I mean, I totally lied.
0: Oh, it was in LA. man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is Oh <laughs> if you had been able to they say all right christina you can move your base and you can be based out of los angeles would you still be doing that as well
1: i think i might have been because i really enjoyed it but it did get really hard to be honest with all of the auditioning and i mean it led me to where i am right now with being able to you know have this book and travel with the kids and everything and so like that's where my passion is at the moment so i think i made the right choice <laughs>
0: right. so now you've also been working on a few web series yes. uh before we dive into the book let's sure. talk about copy. Let's dive into something. Uh, tying back into this fantastic <laughs> slice of apple pie. Future yeah. guests, please know uh, I am now going to be requiring some kind of food tributes while you come into the studio. Uh, Sorry, snack I- chat. <laughs> snack chat. Yes. Uh, one, as soon as I saw that you were doing this web series, like, all right, this lady, Christina's awesome.
1: Thank you. <laughs> what made you decide
0: to do a Snack Chat web series?
1: My friend Denise, actually, she's so cool and so funny. Um, I, she was one of the first people I met out here, and she's like, let's just do this. Like I have this idea. I think it would be really fun. And I was like, Denise, I was like, I haven't been doing improv in a long time. And she's like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And so our very first one we did was, um, I think it was hot Cheetos and uh, cream cheese on a bagel. (laughs) And I like Mm. grew up loving hot Cheetos. I ate it with my best friend, but Denise like hates hot Cheetos. And I was like, okay, like this could be fun. We'll just like pretend like, you know, we're doing this, but it ended up being like so much fun. And I was like, we're really good at this, actually, <laughs> and we got like a following and everything. And then, so we just started, you know, um, filming them every week. And uh, I just got back from Thailand, so I brought back a bunch of snacks from Thailand for her and stuff. And so we did. That was our last episode. Um, and we brought back uh, the stinkiest fruit in the world. It's called durian. By the I way, have, <laughs> have eaten you heard it of it? And that-
0: <laughs> Oh man, that was one of my worst experiences ever. It's just, and then it just stays with you for the longest time. (laughs) Oh.
1: Yeah, but since you can't actually bring back bring back, my bad, uh, bring back fruit from Thailand, you can get dried fruit. <laughs> so it's even worse.
0: Oh, man. I had it only as ice cream and hated it.
1: Yes, that's what I tried it as at first.
0: <sighs> yeah, that's oh. the worst thing. It was so, oh, I was so sad for the longest time. I was up in Vancouver and had it and I was oh, so... Oh, there. Okay. Yep. And, uh, and we went to this ice cream much. shop and, and people are always like, you gotta try the durian. You gotta try the yeah. durian. I'm like, it's it's really... They even told me it was gonna be bad tasting, but I was like, I got to see. Oh, man. yeah, it was, pretty That bad. ruined your day for quite a while.
1: Yeah, so note to self, don't try Duran. No, no,
0: no, no. Uh, now, you also did one where you, mm-hmm. uh, you tried uh, British chocolates and candies yes. as well. Yes. So uh, did, did one of you go to the UK and pick up a bunch of stuff? For or?
1: that one, someone actually sent it to us, which was really cool because they were following us on Snapchat. so...
0: That's, That's see, awesome. When they start sending you yes. stuff, there you go. You know you made it then.
1: Absolutely. Oh. And uh, I had lived in England. Actually, I studied abroad there. So um, I was trying to teach Denise the difference between fish and chips and fish and crisps.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: so we were going on and on about that. And she finally got it towards the end of it. But um, you can see there's a couple of uh, takes we did <laughs> over and over and over again until she got it. So...
0: <laughs> Christine, uh, what a life. I mean, look at that. You've been (laughs) to Thailand. You studied abroad in the UK. Yes. Oh. (laughs) that I, I love the UK I've been there a few yeah. times and that is like if somebody said you can move anywhere in the world where would you go that would be the number one spot for yep, me absolutely. how did you enjoy your time
1: I mean first of all like West End theater is the best theater I've ever seen I'm sorry Broadway I love it but West End theater is unbelievable um, so I saw like Phantom of the Opera there and I saw late Miz and all of that oh. um, I got to um, take in Hendrick Hendrik Ibsen class so I was like studying theater while I was there I got to travel all over I think we went to like a different country every weekend because it's so cheap cheap to do and easy to you know fly around or take a train or a bus or whatever you want to do and I just I love 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 London. If I can live in two places, it would be Colorado and London, for sure. Oh, and Thailand. I'm sorry, three places. Three now. places. All right, we're just going with three. From there. <laughs> <laughs> At some point I'll live in all three. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember
0: I saw Les Mis there as well too and just cried like a baby. That's my probably my favorite Aww. musical. I loved Oh. <laughs> I love that and I, I just Oh. Did you going yeah. go on a quick Les Mis tangent for a second? Did you okay. see the film? I did. Yes. I was disappointed by the film. I don't know how you felt.
1: I mean, I, I liked it. Like, seeing anything live is obviously the best way. Um, I thought Anne Hathaway did really good. I know a lot of people, like, didn't really like her character and stuff, but I thought she did amazing.
0: It's, so. uh, I mean, I like the idea that they're actually going to sing it live while they're mm-hmm. filming it. I yeah, thought that was really that cool. That was to really us. nice. Because it was just some, uh, some uh, cool acting choices. I, I mm-hmm. guess the hardest part is that when you've, I feel like anytime you hear a musical for the first time, that kind of becomes your... Like burned into your head. It's yeah. like that's the way it's supposed to be sang. Right. And so it always was a challenge when they're mm-hmm. not quite singing it the way you're getting used to. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, it's kind of cool that they're kind of tweaking it and stuff. But I just felt like it. It just didn't. At the end, mm-hmm. I wanted to. I wanted to cry as much as I do watching it live, and I and it didn't hit me as much. I think we need to
1: go back to London. That's right. Oh, <laughs> oh if we have to,
0: if we have to. Uh, you know, what brought you to Thailand?
1: So um, one of my friends, this is hilarious, but it actually ended up being true, Um, he said if the Cubs win the World Series, he's moving to Thailand. And the (laughs) Cubs actually won the World Series. And we were actually watching the World Series in Chicago because I happened to be there. I was standing up at my friend's wedding, and the next day... They win the World Series. And so he's like, I guess I'm moving to Thailand. And he did. So um, he didn't have anything with him, pretty much. He packed up a backpack and left. And we've been talking about me possibly coming out to visit. And he's like, hey, um, so I left all my luggage in Chicago. If I have it shipped to LA and tickets are pretty cheap and I pay for part of your ticket, do you want to come bring my luggage to L- uh, from LA to Thailand and visit me? I was like, if I yes, have
0: to, yes, I do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with a week notice, cause that's how I do things. I just don't even plan. Um, we booked a ticket and I was like, Hey, I'm like, do you think while I'm out there, maybe I can, like, read to some kids out there? Because this would be amazing. And I'm like, I, you know, I have the books. They're ready to go. And I just got a shipment in. And he's like, absolutely. He's like, let me see what I can do. And, like, Steve's awesome. His name's Steve Ruggiero. I love him. I have did theater with him in Chicago. He was one of my theater directors. You know, everything goes back full circle. And he set it up where I was able to read to two different schools and a bookstore. Because he's Uh, just an incredible person.
0: That's great. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> what I love, though, about that story is that there are so many people about various things that happen in the world. Like, if, you know, this person gets elected president, that's it. I'm moving to blank. <laughs> uh, that Actually, something happens when somebody kind of makes that proclamation yeah. and they stick to it. You do. It happens, like, alright, I guess I, <laughs> I, I have to go. I gotta go.
1: I gotta go. Guys. <laughs> no one would have thought the Cubs would have won, but they did it. Uh, so, uh, you no, know. <laughs> no, even though
0: we're both White, we Sox, White Sox, fans. Sox fans.
1: But you have to admit, you gotta be a Chicago fan at heart for that. I actually, I wrote a blog about my love of the White Sox and my life behind bars being a White Sox fan and being like nope sorry I'm not going to be a Cubs fan but then at that time I was like I'm a Chicago fan guys it's okay. <laughs>
0: All right, I'm going to see how we feel about this opinion. <laughs> yes, is that I feel like the greatest thing the Cubs had going for them was this uh, this mm-hmm. you know 100 plus years, 108 years losing streak. Yeah. Now that they've won it, what else is there to talk about the Cubs? That's it. They've lost yeah. the they lost the thing that really just kind of gave them an identity. We were the perpetual losers. We can't win. Bad luck mm-hmm. always follows us. Anytime we get close to the you know, to the championship now they've won it so now we're we going to talk about the Cubs about
1: it I guess they're done now it's time for the White Sox again oh <laughs> alright yes let's do it and hopefully the Bears
0: That's like, yeah, I want the, the Bears to do so know. bad oh they're gonna they're, oh man if we, unless Every we can year. physically revive Walter Payton yes I, I, oh. Man.
1: I met Mike Ditka, though. That was amazing. I mean, I didn't really meet him, meet him. He was kind of like the same distance, though, so I'm just going to count it as meeting him. Absolutely. I was working like on some uh, Pepsi commercial a while ago, and he was there, and I was like... (gasps) Oh my goodness, you guys! I'm like, it's Mike Dicka. and they're like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "Are you serious?"
0: Get out of my face! you don't, <laughs> like, know who you Mike don't Dick understand. Is.
1: My heart was like going so fast. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like um, from oldie, at Oldies 104.3 when I worked with uh, Dick Biondi, I don't know if you know him. Yes. He's a legend. The first time I met him, I shook his hand and I was like, "Mr. Biondi, it's like a pleasure meeting you." And my hand was shaking. And like that's the moment I felt when I saw Mike Dicka. Like my heart was just like, I can't believe this is happening.
0: Right ah, oh, <laughs> look at that! I get a chance. Oh, that's, yeah. that is so cool to be that close to awesomeness right there. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Coach dicka All right, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, as Christina men- uh, mentioned, she went to Thailand yes. and not only just hung out there and got some fantastic snacks, you also went and you read to a, a couple different schools, and mm-hmm. you also did a bookstore appearance for her book, Cuppy, the Special Cupcake. <laughs> so let's dive into this. What made you decide, hey, you know what? I, I, I love reading. I love writing. Maybe I want to focus on doing a children's book.
1: You know what? Once again, I didn't have a plan that's how things do it um for me when something creative comes i just go with it and i was working at the marriott in chicago dreaming of a life in la like 10 years ago which is completely crazy and i was just like writing on napkins one day and i was like i don't even know what's going on i just started writing 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 so i couldn't write anymore and i like actually wrote this whole thing while i'm at work on my shift which is terrible i know but um <laughs> so i wrote it all in one sitting and then i was like oh this is actually pretty good. And then I just did nothing with it at all because I, um, like copy, felt um, that I wasn't good enough and it wasn't good enough to do anything with it. And so fast forward about, uh, what is it, like three, three and a half years ago, I was in an acting class and I met my now illustrator, Gustavo Sanchez, who's a fantastic illustrator and fantastic friend and actor, by the way. I'm just giving him a super shout out there. Absolutely. (laughs) And um, he fell in love with the story and he agreed to do the illustrations for me. So we started working working together and we're like this is so awesome and then still I was like nope this isn't good enough like no one's gonna read this like no one wants it and so he moved to Florida now it's three years later and I'm in um like one of those like you know self-expression like improvement courses and they're like why haven't you done anything with this book because I just like randomly brought it up and I was like I have no idea. I was like, I'm in this course about being awesome. And I myself don't think I'm awesome enough to do this. So they're like, just reach out to him. And I was like, he lives in Florida. He's not going to want to work with me. He probably thinks I'm a flake, you know? So I called him up and I said, Hey, um, remember the illustrations we worked on for cuppy? I was like, do you want to like put everything together? And like, have a book out in a few months, and he's like, "Yeah," and so we just went from there. And together, we created this amazing book. And I couldn't have done it without him. I mean, he's my partner in crime and everything. So what?
0: Because I, I feel like, I, and I completely understand where you're coming from yeah. in the terms of uh, that sense of perfectionism, where mm-hmm. it's like if something doesn't feel absolutely perfect, then I'm not going to do anything with it. Because you just feel like, you know, well, somebody else could do better than this. Somebody else has probably done this idea way better than I'll ever be able to do. Yeah. How tough for you? Was that to overcome? Is is it a constant struggle or is it just more like this particular thing doing a children's book was kind of the one sticking point?
1: Yeah, I think like that happens just in general. You know, it's like with auditioning, you know, there's the rejection factor is huge. (laughs) You get rejected way more than you get, you know, booked on a job. Um, So I think with. with writing, it was so, um, so personal to me because I realized as I was like rereading this, you know, in the last few months before I ever had it go to print or anything, I was like, wow, I was like, I am copy. Like I, f- I felt like I didn't belong. And I was like, this is kind of selfish, but this is not just a book for kids. It kind of is for adults too. <laughs> like it really is. And that whole sense of like, you know, not being good enough or not belonging, or now we have social media and this person has that, or this person has this and all of those things. And I'm just like wow I'm like I'm such a fraud in that aspect you know and so it's been so like beautiful to go to these schools and meet these kids who have that same belief you know at five six seven years old or however old they are I think I went up to 12 year olds that we read it to and it's, like, if I can help them realize that young age, like, how awesome they are, it's, like, then they're going to grow up to, like, know that they can do anything. And I had people, like, you know, talk to me like that when I was younger and, you know, like, really like, you know, my theater or when I was being playing with my imaginary friends or whatever. They're just, like, just do it. Be creative, you know? So it's, like, you have to give that back, I think. And I just really really love this whole sense of belonging and this like you know like modern day like ugly duckling kind of like spin on it like i don't know i'm even remember the ugly duckling turns into this beautiful swan at the end oh trust and, me i'm still waiting you know? i'm still <laughs> waiting for
0: my my beautiful swan moment i'm still waiting for that it's got to happen guys uh, I, I feel like that is one thing you never want to see your children lose is that sense that they can do anything that they want to do yeah and when they start having that kind of self-doubt when that mm. starts kind of creeping in that's that, that is uh, it's a sad thing to see yeah. Uh, doing these uh, readings, like what what was the age that you kind of felt like you started really noticing that kids were starting to let those feelings of self doubt kind of creep in.
1: Um, honestly, the older kids. It okay. really is. It was um, a lot of like the 11 and 12 year olds, which I really didn't even think would be so interested in it. They were really interested. They had a lot of questions and they, we asked them like, oh, you know, raise your hand if you ever felt like you didn't belong. And like they did. And it's like, it makes sense because you know, you're going at that age and your body's starting to change. And, you know, now I think more people are like on social media around that age. I don't mm-hmm. think like the little kids are as much. So you start seeing all the things that like your friends have and you don't have, or, you, know, you want your hair color this way or you want those special nike shoes or whatever it is you know and just not knowing like how how to fit in properly i guess that's the best way i can say
0: so i'm gonna ask as somebody who loves snacks Was that the reason you decided to make your your lead character a cupcake?
1: (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) Love this full circle. Yes. (laughs) Um, I mean, I was working in a kitchen at the Marriott. So maybe I was just hungry. I don't know. (laughs) Just kidding. Don't eat (laughs) cuppy. Please don't. We love him. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I don't even know. It just kind of came to mind. And I just I just went with it. And so, you know, I want to have, like, other characters, like, uh, you know, like, Patty the Pancake and Wally the Waffle and, like, Ben the Bagel and, like, other characters that maybe have a thing where they don't feel like they quite fit in and Copy kind of helps them with ah, the journey, too.
0: look at that. Already thinking yeah. of spin-offs, which I like. Are you working <laughs> on your media empire? Yes. Now, I'm already waiting for, like, you know, the, the stuffed plush of Copy Yes, to come out. Yes,
1: I have been looking at plush models lately. Oh. I really, really, really am excited. I can feel you're going to have that
0: and the, as well as, like, just the plain version version, and then the, the one where you can put variety, variety of different colored frostings Yes.
1: On. How did you know? Are you reading my mind? All right.
0: Look at that. <laughs> Literally what and I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. There you go. That's how cool the idea is. Yeah. Uh, so for this, when you're trying to write a children's book, what mm-hmm. is the balance of, uh, did you feel like I've got to just make sure that it's easy enough to understand for a, uh, for a child, but still mm-hmm. be able to get my point across? Did you feel you had to, was it easy like on your first draft? Did you feel you pretty much had it close to what was here? Or did you feel like you had to kind of uh, edit to no. kind of really get it streamlined? <laughs>
1: yeah, no. We, even to the day before it went to print, um, my illustrator and I, we were in a Skype conversation. And we were working on things. And we're like, maybe that word's too big for kids. Or maybe we should change this sentence. And um, <laughs> there was something really funny that happened. But we didn't realize um, one part in the book. Like Susie, the little girl that kind of teaches him how like awesome he is, um, is teaching him to play with the colors. And she uses different frostings. and. And different um, food dyes to make the colors for the frosting. And there's like little candies on the table. And we realized at one point that we had drawn a donut and then we are like, no, we can't have kids thinking that Cuppy's going to eat his friend Donnie the donut. <laughs> so we had to change that last minute and we're like, okay, what can go in the snack world? And we're like, sprinkles. No one's going to be upset about sprinkles. Very true. So um, we ended up changing the donut to sprinkles at the end. <laughs> so, um, But one thing that happened is uh, my friend Stephanie, who is amazing, she was one of the first people to have uh, Cuppy read at her school. And this is before it was to print. It was barely on a computer. And she's like, I love it. I want to read to the kids. And so they did a couple pages each day with the kids ages um, kindergarten through 12-year-olds. And um, they had like maybe like a little focus group I don't even know how she did it but it ended up being like what's your favorite part of the uh, book what's your least favorite part and they would draw the images or they would write about them and so the least favorite part of all the kids books was the pages that don't have any pictures just sentences so we took that into consideration and made sure that every single page has illustrations and words look at that it's
0: catering to your audience (laughs) Yes. yes I want I don't want to just be read I want to be able to see some cool stuff as well too yes (laughs) <laughs> uh, what I like about this is okay. that when uh, Cuppy does meet Susie, it's not mm-hmm. like some kind of, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that, you know, cupcakes could talk or had a life or anything like that. Or They're mm-hmm. just two very fast friends. <laughs> and then you actually just see the genuine uh, sadness that she has when she you know, teaches Cuppy about it being awesome. But then it's like, all right, you, you've got to go. I'm going to be sad to miss you. But yeah. I know you're going to be going off and, and, and showing your friends and family how awesome you really are.
1: You're going to make me cry now. <laughs> and I wrote it. <laughs> That's right. See? Yeah. You... Uh, it's just like those, those moments in life
0: where you meet that, that, that someone that can really change the way that you think about life. Yeah. That has, even that it could be for a briefest moment, has a tremendous amount of impact for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, for you, is there somebody like that in your life?
1: Oh, man. I mean... I think my mom, like, you know, not to get all, like, super sentimental, but she's obviously been my number one supporter with everything. She was, you know, one of the first people to buy copies of Cuppy. She had a, uh, she had a little, like, luncheon set up, like, at her work and stuff, which is really adorable, and she had, like, little cupcakes and a note and, like, the books all set up, and she's, like, you know, sent an email to her work, and she's like, you know, come out for a special celebration, and she's been really my number one supporter in everything. I mean, the fact that she, you know, lets me move out to L.A. LA, like you know, go be a theater actress. That's okay. You know, with me, like all of these things that you know you don't expect. And my mom's really amazing.
0: Well, what's it like now? Being a you're a published author. You are a published. Uh,
1: isn't that crazy author.
0: <laughs> that how does that feel?
1: Oh my goodness, it's amazing. I didn't even realize it to be honest until my illustrator um, sent me a message like the day before it went to print, and he was like, Christine, he's like, your books are coming tomorrow. You're an author, and I was like. I am. What? <laughs> like, this is so cool.
0: <laughs> now, for somebody that that yeah. was in this class, uh, you know, where it kind of empowerment and stuff, and, and mm-hmm. feeling like yeah, I've got this great idea, and I'm not doing anything with it, to being where you're at now, where well, you have a you have a physical book in your hand. Yes. Did this seem <laughs> before you before you really kind of focus on this? Did mm-hmm. this seem like such an impossibility? Oh, absolutely. And now <laughs> going through it, do you feel like it was much easier? To achieve, then you that really, you kind of made it seem much harder than it was than it was that it turned out to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really is all in your mind. Um, I was listening to Kyle Cease. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but mm. he is fantastic. He's um, a comedian, but he also um, is a motivator. And I was watching actually something yesterday, and he said we hoard our money like we hoard our ideas, and I was like, that's so true. Like we do because we feel like this is not possible. And for me, once I you know put the pen to the paper, I had it done in a day 10 years ago didn't do anything with it and then I had an illustrator who took it on with me didn't do anything with it and then finally I'm like hey let's get this done and we got it done in a matter of a couple of months like that's crazy to me and it's like it's all in your head there's so many thoughts and with Cuppy like it never really says in the book that his friends made fun of him but in his mind like he felt like his friends were making fun of him so that's kind of a lot of what it usually is it's just something that's in your mind
0: no that's true I mean because certainly uh, your friends May say something that they don't have a mean intention behind it, but mm-hmm. the way you take that what they say, uh, you can change it and make it a I mean a variety of different things, and sometimes not for the for the good.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So uh, mm-hmm. now for you, you you finally get the book down. You've yes. talked about the sequels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you started writing working on a sequel for this? I Have Oh, <laughs> all right. So the whole it's not going to be a ten year process from no. from script to, to book on this one. No, it's not. <laughs> That's fantastic to hear. Yeah,
1: the kids wanted to know. That was like the first question they asked because I work get another one, and also that they wanted a plush doll. But they didn't say plush doll. They just went like, I want a copy. How do I get a copy? Ah,
0: oh, see, <laughs> already you know you're up to something good when people yes. start asking you about a sequel. Yeah, look at that. That's it. That is fantastic. What I like about the story though, and yours, mm-hmm. is that you said it took ten years, and many people yeah. would say, "Well, it's been ten years. I should just give up on that." You mm-hmm. know, it's like, yeah, you know, I had a moment, it kind of passed me by, and then never pursue it. And I feel many people would have have some kind of. Passion or something they created that they feel like it's been too long, it stayed on the mm-hmm. shelf too long. as My time is coming and gone and they never full, pursued it to its full completion. Mm-hmm. You, you took it on. You you didn't mm-hmm. let ten years like uh, be the deciding factor. Like that's oh, too long. I should just give up on it and never do anything with it, and always have it be in the back of your head. It's something like, oh, I wish I would have. Yeah. You did it. It's not a wish I would have. It's like I did it, and this is so cool. How does it feel <laughs> to actually kind of overcome that and, and the fact that it's like ten years? It, I like it. It's ten years doesn't mean anything. As long mm-hmm. as you still pursue it, anytime is the right time.
1: Oh wow! You saying that just oh, it gets to my heart. That's <laughs> <laughs> so cool. It's so awesome to be like recognized for that. I I don't even have like words to really say it. It's just you have to do it. Like, if you have an idea, just do it. We're in this, you know, social media age where you can have a show and put it up the next day, you know? And you have a book and you have it in a couple of months. I mean, you can do anything. It's, I don't know if you probably have something, I'm sure, in the works too, you know? No, I, I'm <laughs>
0: uh, like pre cuppy the special cupcake yes. with Christine. I have a variety of things that I've never accomplished and and, and, and kick myself constantly about never doing them. So I'm uh, pre-you.
1: Yes, time to do it. Yes, that's right. <laughs>
0: I, I, am, I am early Christine. I am still having to make my journey.
1: Yeah, the time is now. (laughs) that's right I gotta take my
0: owner to AS I gotta follow your your, your example right here get this out Uh, so Christine copy the special cupcake out available now and, uh, where can everybody find this book if they want to have Cuppy in their own home?
1: Well, first off, it's on Amazon. And also, you can check out Cuppy's website, which is really cool looking, by the way, because my manager just did it, and I love him for it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, www.cuppy, C-U-P-P-Y, the cupcake.com There you can see some photos um, from Thailand and some readings with the kids. You can see a picture of myself in the Illustrator. Um, there's a contact page. There's an email if you want to invite Cuppy to your school. I'm actually going to Chicago in October to read to a couple more schools so awesome. yes I'm very excited about that as well and um, you can just see the general awesomeness of this website because I'm really proud of it <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying just Ch- <laughs> check out the general awesomeness you guys check yes. it
0: out and if they want to follow up all the other projects you're doing in addition to Cuppy Where's the best place they kind to keep track of you in the social media world? Oh,
1: absolutely. So Cuppy does have his own Instagram. Oh, um, nice. Yes. so it's at Copy the Special Cupcake. Um, my name is Christine Angela, so mine is at um, underscore Christine Angela. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, Angela, A-N-G-E-L-A. They can find me on Facebook, same way, um, Twitter, all of the good stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, look at that. Yes. And let's not forget, <laughs> invite her into your life uh, <laughs> because she will bring you treats. That alone... Makes it worth having her right around you there. Christine? Just
1: not cupcakes, because you know we already have cupcakes. Weird. No, 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 <laughs> no, no.
0: So, uh, if there's a lot, if you're doing a special reading, uh, what is the appropriate? Uh, treat to have while you're enjoying Cupcake the Special Cupcake?
1: It's a really great question we're trying to figure out but we're trying to think that maybe cherries are okay right now <laughs> because yeah. we're like right. what can a cupcake eat because the kids want them to have a birthday party. Oh, yes. And so what does a cupcake eat and we're like well cherries and sprinkles I think those are going to be the two that are the go-to. All right. So.
0: Yeah, I feel like nobody is, <laughs> they, nobody is too fearful about a cherry bee. <laughs> yeah, eating. exactly. Yeah? Okay. All right. That's something you do. I do like the idea of focus grouping. Yes. Imagine a bunch of kids <laughs> showing them a variety of different things. I know. How would you feel if Cupcake ate this? <laughs> what do you think of couple like with that it
1: wasn't <laughs> even supposed to be a focus group they just had all these ideas so it kind of became one so there you go alright
0: you, you give the audience what they want yes, like that exactly. that's fantastic <laughs> ladies and gentlemen my guest today has been Christine Angela really please go read <laughs> copy the special cupcake uh, I actually read this last night to my, to my daughter did so you? there you go I did how did she yes. like it she enjoyed it Aww. yes so we did that I, you know, <laughs> I, had to, yeah. I had to do my own my own focus with one so yes. she, she read it she enjoyed it and how old is she she is 32 no <laughs> 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 that's, awesome that's that's right. No, she <laughs> she is poor. Oh, yes, I love that. Age. There you go. So she really enjoyed yes, it. So, it's so good to hear. She liked it. <laughs> yes. So uh, she will be uh, one of those waiting for the the cuppy well, was plush. We'll just say yes. a cuppy figure. Yes, yes, it be figure. Could Perfect. Be figure. Yes, I love it. Absolutely. So please, uh, go to Amazon, buy this book here. If you have a school near you or you are a teacher or anything, invite Christine over there to be able to go and ch- chat with all the kids about this. It's a great story and well worth your time. I've been your host, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget, folks, it's never, never too early to, to send me food. That's right. Right there. Christine Angela, a fantastic guest. And my gosh, yeah. I'm going to enjoy this apple pie in a little bit there. So ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us here for this Author Spotlight on Book Circle Online. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you.
0: From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO. Join the circle.